0: Hello, and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. What up? Who has a new poem published in a magazine or a book? It's something like that. It's like a, it's like a, uh, it's called a review uh, mm-hmm. or
1: something, but it's just an indie press, and it's one of their, like, seasonal print-offs.
0: So, yeah. Nice. It, yeah. Nice, nice. Pretty cool, I like it. Um, what is the name of it?
1: Um, the name of what, the poem or the, pr- uh, the, the press? The review, I guess. Uh, it is, let me, <laughs> I feel so silly having to look at my Gmail to tell you, um, but the press is called um, pa Pichu, so it's like pa Peach, u um, and the review is called Pipachi Review Issue 4. Nice. And um, they have like a Twitter and uh, an Instagram and stuff like that. And um, uh, this print off is uh, on sale for like $20, but 20% of the net, uh, the net profits go to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which is an institute that supports the black trans community which I think is a community that is just like maybe overlooked uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit, even in the time of, you know, this um, fighting racial injustice and Black Lives Matter. Still, it's important and it actually goes along with the uh, purpose and mission of this press. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, The poem is called A Note on How to Cry. So I'm sure... When you read it, you'll just have a really great feeling after because it's really fun and exciting. Yay! <laughs> Excellent! Uh, so that's, that's my spiel.
0: Super exciting. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we actually recorded because John Saxon died a couple of weeks ago. So instead of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Don't laugh.
1: I'm sorry, Sam. I just forgot. And uh, I know that you're upset. So I'm sorry I laughed. <laughs>
0: So uh, instead of posting our new episode we had recorded, and I was totally like ahead of on uh, editing and stuff, totally not last minute scrambling, we, we uh, re released our very first episode, which happened to be on Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Where John Saxon was at his daddiest.
1: Yes, and I'm very sorry for your loss. I know that you were really upset. Cause he, did he die on like the same day as like Regis Philbin?
0: Like everybody died that day.
1: (laughs) I was like upset about Regis. And then I heard about John Saxon. I was like, oh fuck, that's Sam's like dream man. Like the man of her dreams.
0: He just, John Saxon just had like this perfect bone structure. His eyebrows (laughs) were, as the kids say, on fleek. Oh yes, on fleek. He was, he was, he was a very handsome man um so, you know yeah. what
1: he was a very handsome man and i I'm, but he was i i sometimes i don't realize how old people get when time goes by yeah and everybody's like 89
0: <laughs> and i'm like oh shit i guess yeah. it it's time to go then you know i mean even for an 89 year old he didn't look it? like horrible <laughs> Yeah, no,
1: no, he didn't. Not I mean, bad at all, man.
0: He aged kind of like a controversial figure, Clint Eastwood, where for like 90, I don't think Clint Eastwood looks like bad.
1: Yeah, he doesn't because he just looks the same as he did when he was younger. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, it's like a
1: squinty man.
0: Yeah. Hi. So if I have my shit together, and my plan is to, once David goes to bed, quickly edit this, because it should be a short episode, it's a mini-show, um, to discuss what we're doing next, per usual. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. So today is Wednesday. Tomorrow, as soon as David is off work, we are heading up to Pennsylvania, the other side of the state, so I won't be seeing my co-host. Ooh! Before. Wait, we're at in Pennsylvania? Uh, New Cumberland, Harrisburg, that area. Oh, excellent. So it's kind of, I think it's still like two hours from Philadelphia, but it's also two hours from you, so. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. You'll be in like a good
1: middle spot,
0: you know. Yeah, we're staying in Mechanicsburg. Just that was the wow. closest hotel. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like a fun place. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're only really gonna stay for the one day because I have my lawyer meeting for yeah. the movie adaptation of my play. Hell yeah. It's awesome, man. So hopefully that goes alright. Um I'm gonna be smart and not sign anything at the lawyer meeting because I don't have any representation there and that would be fucking stupid that is absolutely very true yes (laughs) so word to the wise um if you are ever making a movie if you wrote a movie don't sign any legal contracts until you have your own representation review them hell yeah lawyer up um and that's basically what i've been doing for the last two weeks very expensive by the way uh very poor this month I registered my play itself with the copyright office, just so that's protected under my name.
1: Nice, um, that's
0: great. I registered with the Dramatists Guild of America as an associate member, which nice. is basically the same as a full member. You just don't like get to run for office or anything, but you still get their biggest perk, which is contract review. So even if I didn't have lawyers in my family who were going to review my contract, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it to them as well just don't want to get screwed over. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So that that is something that is really important and probably could be overlooked in all like the fun and delight of wanting to like sign stuff. So absolutely excellent advice. Yeah.
0: And David's going to be there. I'm going to actually make him sit in on the meeting with me so he can kind of take notes and stuff. Yeah, for absolutely. Me. That's
1: it's great to have somebody else to like hear everything too
0: because my quote-unquote representation is my cousin who's a lawyer but she lives out in California so since the meeting is at 8 30 I'm like don't worry about it I'm not gonna be (laughs) like five yeah (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna make you wake up at five in the morning for a zoom call that's really just I don't think these guys are gonna screw me over I just need to protect myself because this play like my first play that I wrote, formally titled Like a Porcelain Doll, um, I love, but this play kind of hits closer to home because I set it in my hometown, and it's meant to kind of, they're meant to be characters that everybody can, like, see themselves in and their friends, like, recognize these characters, so on an emotional level, this one's a little closer to home. Yeah,
1: this would be amazing on the screen, so it would translate extremely well. And some plays just won't do that, you
0: know. Yeah, and it takes place in a convenience store. So even though yeah. they love my script and, like, I believe the theater community a bit more when they're like, oh, my God, I love this so much. I can definitely see, like, my hometown in this story. Um, I feel like from the film perspective, it's set in a convenience store. Mm-hmm. So they definitely see it as, oh, my God, we just found the next clerks. We found the next clerks. Right, right. Exactly. I'm not offended by it. That's why I set it in a convenience store. I watched Clerks and I was like, oh, duh, this place should be set in a convenience store because what's more 90s than a convenience store? <laughs> right. Exactly. Especially one called The Stop and Go. It's yeah. excellent. And I'll talk more about the process as it goes along and all of that. Yeah. Hey, COVID in terms of getting your work out there. Like the publishing process may have slowed down, but... <laughs> Your industry's not on the verge of collapse. Yeah, not, not too much anymore, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but I'm still like, yeah,
1: exactly. I know. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's very exciting, and I look forward to hearing all about it and looking at your random
0: Snapchats and stuff this weekend, so I can't wait to hear about it, man. On the way back, we're going to stop off in Nova and see his brother and sister-in-law. Cool, cool. Some barbecue from my favorite barbecue place in Alexandria.
1: Nice and eat
0: nice. I, I miss DC a lot sometimes. Yeah, I do too yeah. at times. But anyway, um, let's talk about what we're gonna do when we come back after Yeah. That. So yeah. after this episode we're gonna take like a super quick seasonal break like we used to in the summer back when we could take vacations. Yeah. Only this one won't be a month long. It'll probably be, like, two or three weeks. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Just a little,
0: like, a brief break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Stormy's a college professor, and she has to, like, get ready to teach and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, My classes begin on August 24th, so I, I uh, am still in the middle of, like, course prep. Which means that I have a bunch of lectures prepared that are a year old and they need updated uh, with like new information. They need to be, you know, better, you know what I mean? Just like kind of touched up a bit, uh, per se. So that's what's happening now. But also, since I am able to be remote, I need to completely rewrite both my syllabi to encompass all of the new remotey things that we'll be doing and all the stuff that they'll have access to so i anticipate my syllabi being like 15 pages long because they're already like eight pages long because i go really hard but
0: for this instance yeah it's gonna have to happen yeah nice i'm glad that you were given the option with plenty of time to prepare for this um since college students have begun returning to the area, this is week two of their return. Mm-hmm. Um, cases where I am have doubled if, for everyone who's <laughs> been listening. Um, you know that throughout the entire summer, we really only had 14 confirmed COVID <laughs> cases. Oh, man. So very, very spoiled in like being able to see my friends and go to the store without a panic attack. But now that the students are back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're bringing all that shit with them, man.
0: Yeah, and I think I messaged you while I was at the park with David's family on Monday. Yeah. Like, there's a group of college students here, not wearing masks, like 15 of them just hanging out, like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, you sure did. <laughs> and then I saw the news report that cases have doubled since students have come back, and it's only going to get worse. And <laughs> it's because they went straight from vacation to school dorm. Yeah, and so I guess some local c- counties are re reanalyzing their opening schools back up and uh, may just opt to go online. I'm like, okay, we'll make the fucking decision so teachers have <laughs> the time to prepare. I know, right? They'll fuck around like that and they'll be like, we're going to push the semester back.
1: It's going to start on September 3rd now. Yeah. It's like, great, thanks, a week, woohoo, you know what I mean? Like, we're we're prepared, yeah. but like... To have, like, an extra month or two is, like, better. It's awesome. That's, like, the perfect amount of time.
0: Not, like, a week. Yeah. Like, shit. Which, online education isn't that bad. You just actually need to give teachers the chance to prep accordingly. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's a lot of stuff. Like, you'd be surprised at how much stuff that
0: needs to be looked
1: at when you're doing, like, just remote. And um, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a question of, like, accessibility and then, like... Just having um, the uh, like the students' availability, making sure they have internet, all of these different things. So you know it's easy to overlook that when you just do face to face because you just go somewhere and talk to them in person and then leave. So it's just a whole different ball game. It's, it, it's great that I'm able to do remote, but it's like you have to really check all the boxes, you know, to make sure you're doing it yeah. a- as it needs to be done.
0: So that's why we're taking a short little break. But when we come back from our break, we're not going to be watching a movie for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we're going to be reading. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. As you all know, we are low-key big Twilight fans in this house. Yes, yes, we sure are. I don't know if the Twilight episode gave it away, but
1: we actually secretly like that shit. <laughs> I think our Twilight yeah. episode was maybe an April
0: Fool's episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it was genuine. Oh, we like
1: it. Yeah, it was
0: genuine. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, it was a genuine April Fool's. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, um, the cat's out of the bag. You got us. We like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break from horror movies and do an in-depth read-through of Midnight Sun, which was just released on August 4th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think. So oh, yeah. Um, it's going to... We're going to try and break it down once Stormy has her copy. We'll be able to more precisely mm-hmm. break down the amount of episodes we'll do on this. But it'll be a good time. Um, another problematic person to reference, uh, I already mentioned Clint Eastwood, so we're in We're in for it. Yeah. Um, I imagine our series will be a lot like the iconic Alex Reed's Twilight series from back, on, back in the day on YouTube. Alex reads uh, Twilight. What is that? Uh, it was a pretty big thing. He was a. He is a British YouTuber. Um, uh. And he got super famous because he read the entirety of Twilight. And it was funny because he's a guy and it's not its target demographic. I understand now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the reason he's problematic is because. Like at the height of his YouTube fame, he was he was in a few bands. He has his own solo music career. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes out that he kind of is a shit bag, and uh. I don't I don't think the word rape was ever used, oh. but it came out that he was very emotionally manipulative towards women and kind of manipulated them into sexual situations that they would. Later regret, I'm sure if it came out today, the word rape would be used. But back in 2012, uh, it wasn't. I, I see, I see. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, either way, he's a scumbag. But uh, yeah. Alex Reed's Twilight was a true moment of YouTube history, and like I, I, it'll be like real horror show. Reed's Midnight Sun, but we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna, be gonna do shit any bad Eddie shitty shit and bad stuff. We're we're pretty okay. Yeah. We're okay. <laughs> we're people. okay people. Um But speaking of like that like we talk shit about JK Rowling a lot, but mm-hmm. Stephanie Myers isn't like a perfect person either and we'll probably touch on that a bit as we go through the book. Yeah, yeah. Um one big plus side of Stephanie Myers is she doesn't really have a Twitter presence As herself, so she's not openly being transphobic (laughs) under her own name like J.K. Rowling is. Yeah. But I guess she took issue with people of color in the original Twilight movie being cast in the vampire roles. Mm -hmm. I think it was um, Lawrence who was black. Uh, Laurent. (laughs) Laurent. (laughs) Laurent.
1: Call yourself Um. a fan. I'm just kidding, Sam. I just fucking Sorry. watched the
0: whole fucking thing the you other did. day. <laughs> you just walked marathoned Marathon. I'm sure Luke loved that. Who loves that shit, dude. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Stephanie Myers is problematic. And in fact, if we have any Native American listeners, I'll even I'll throw this out on Twitter when we get closer to it. I would love to have you guys on to talk about the Native American representation in Twilight
1: yeah, and how the dude that plays Jacob Taylor Lautner is just like in, is just like an American man, and he is like quote unquote very loose Native American ancestry yeah. on his mother's side, which is
0: maybe true and maybe not true. Yeah, we we looked this up for that frustrates me. Um, <laughs> he has distant in quotes Native American mm-hmm. ancestry. Yeah, so.
1: Well, I, it would it would be better if it was, like, more, like, less distant.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so if we have any Native American listeners, slide into our DMs. I, they should always be open. But let us know, and we'll have you on to speak your own words about that the would, representation. Yes.
1: That would be awesome. Tweet
0: at us on our Twitter. Because this is Twilight from Edward's point of view, so I feel like... Hopefully, we're going to get more into the actual lore of the vampire-werewolf cool. war.
1: Yeah, and why they're natural enemies.
0: Yeah. I not know. Um, but we haven't started reading the book yet. However, we will talk about the cover, because there's just so much fucking symbolism on this cover. Yes, this cover is
1: beautiful of course in original stephanie meyer fashion it's got the black background with a very like bold colored fruit object and just like the first one it was an apple and now we have a pomegranate for kind of the first one but in a different point of view and it's a half of a pomegranate
0: and it's the juice is coming out (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, like in the original Twilight novel, on the cover, Edward was holding an apple. In fact, the original Twilight cover is the only one that has, like, people hands. hands. Yeah, people (laughs) hands. You're right. I have to look at it now. I'm gonna look at it. Um, and, you know, that was just super symbolic because the apple is the westernized, um, forbidden fruit, it is believed to have been what Eve ate and took Adam down with. He took, yeah, she took him right down. <laughs> I, I know
1: my Bible very well. Um, but she tempted him with the fruit of knowledge from the knowledge tree. <laughs> the forbidden fruit. God damn it, Sam, you work at church.
0: I do. <laughs> um, but considering where... Adam and Eve would have actually lived in real life if they were real people, more in the Middle East African area. They probably wouldn't have fucking had um, red delicious apples. (laughs) Ew, that's like the worst apple, too, in my opinion. It would have been a, um, I don't know, a more exotic fruit, probably like a pomegranate. I think I've read where people who speculate that it would have been a pomegranate more than an apple, but I don't know if that's true. It wouldn't have been an apple. Anyway, the pomegranate is significant in another way, because it's the fruit that Hades gave Persephone to bring her down to hell with him. Oh. Wow. I know, that shit's
1: deep. That's extreme- that's like really cool, because it's like the total- mirror symbolism of the apple and the pomegranate so amazing
0: like the apple (laughs) is what the woman gave the man to tempt him to sin and then the pomegranate (laughs) is what the man gave the woman to drag her down to hell like it's so it's so it's edward trying to say
1: i know you're gonna want to be a vampire because they all think they're damned and he says in the first movie that he's going to hell anyway which is random but like that makes so much sense he's like fuck Bella knows she was born to be a vampire. She's going to become a vampire, and this fruit represents me, myself, be tempting her and dragging her to hell as a creature of the night. Yeah, amazing. It's it's <laughs> deep. It's it's very. Ah, uh, and let's yeah, let's talk more about pomegranates,
0: like in a general fashion. Pomegranates. Um, yeah. They're they're kind of a bloody fruit, like. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of pomegranates. I think they're overrated. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's the seeds. Yeah, it's like a teeny bit of fruit and then a seed.
1: Yeah, and then you, like, get a little juice, but then you have all the seeds in your mouth, and you're like... Bleh, 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 bleh,
0: and you're just like, this is not fun. Yeah, you take one bite, the juice rushes out, and you're like, oh, this is good, and then that's it. That's, <laughs> that's fucking it.
1: That's why they... Amazing... Like they recently made this thing called palm juice, so it's like pomegranate juice, and it's like you drink that, and sometimes that's too much because it's like a punch in the face, it's so like strong, but it's really good for you. And isn't it true that pomegranate juice is like a like a natural like the fuck am I thinking like a antioxidant? Uh, it is an antioxidant. Um. Pomegranate juice—it's it, an aphrodisiac, and it's a natural aphrodisiac. Um, so that means that it naturally arouses a person. I oh. guess that's what people say, and that's why when you drink pomegranate juice, that's like what—that's like another benefit. Oh, shit.
0: Are we finally gonna get the answer of how Edward was able to get a boner to conceive Renesmee? Yeah, like
1: Edward, and it's so funny that you you bring that up because since I just watched the, the series, whenever they are going to have sex, I'm just like, does he get aroused and does he get a boner or like, does he ever think about sex? You know, like anything like that, because like Bella, like Bella was so horny, wants to have sex with him. Yeah. And I'm just like, and he's like, stop, like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, didn't she want to? And he's like, no, I do, trust me. And I'm just like, does, does he? And so maybe he actually like has this other side to him that he really suppresses for Bella. So, you know, he doesn't like unleash his like violence uh, when she's not prepared for it, cause she's just a human. So I don't know, but that's what I do know about Pomegranate. That's the first thing I thought when I saw the, the
0: cover was about. It's a sexy fruit. Yeah, it like, is. Literally. Yeah.
1: Go to Midnight
0: Sun. Yeah.
1: I don't think I have anything more to say about the cover other than it's really cool looking and her covers are always super cool. She's got a great mm-hmm. cover designer or whatever.
0: Yeah. Good job, cover designer. I don't have the book next to me, otherwise I'd open it up and call you out by name. But I'll do that next episode when we come back in three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Uh, Any other thoughts? Are you excited? This book has been 15 years in the making. Uh, yeah. Whenever um,
1: I heard that it was coming out, I, uh... I was like, oh shit, like the same one that like got leaked that one time, like the one that we all had that, like the first chapter and we like couldn't wait for it to come out and then something bad happened. And then like, it never happened. It kind of like went away and it really crushed a lot of us. So like whenever it came back
0: Hmm.
1: and they were like, suddenly like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna do it. She's gonna publish it. And I was like, oh my
0: God, I wonder, like, am I still gonna know? Was yeah. Midnight Sun's first chapter on her website
1: way back in the day? It was. I remember there was a first chapter that was available. I think it was on her website. Okay. And she was like, hey, guys, like this is what's going on? And like something happened where like there was a leak of like maybe the entire first draft that wasn't even finished yet. And she kind of abandoned the project uh for however many years but she I, she was still working on it man like she so now we have it and it's like we don't care like if it's not tainted anymore like we needed this yeah. because we wanted it whenever we heard it was going to happen like everybody who is anybody who is a twilight fan wanted to understand what Edward was thinking
0: you know <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to browse the uh wayback machine and oh shit I might be able to pull it up on the way back machine, the original first chapter, and then we Oh shit, I found it.
1: Oh nice. Read it and then we can like compare.
0: Yeah, we can compare and contrast. Both. Hell yeah. Alright. I think that's good for tonight. Alright. I will keep found you it. updated on my legal stuff. Yes, absolutely you should. And uh you'll keep me updated on your school stuff. Heck yeah,
1: I should be 100% prepared for class by August 23rd, which is the day before school starts, so I better be ready by then. You gotta hurry, get
0: off this phone call. <laughs> I know, I gotta get going. Alright, <laughs> I will talk to you in three weeks.
1: Alright, until we meet again, see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. I love the creepy doll that